This program is intended for people who are blind and print impaired. Hello and welcome to our January 2023 edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately? A program from the North Carolina Reading Service. I'm George Douglas. This program is brought to you by the Friends of the North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services, an organization of citizens, volunteers, and patrons, all interested in supporting the library and the services it provides. The Friends Group was founded in 1989 and now has more than 300 members across North Carolina. If you'd like to join the Friends Group yourself, we'll have information on how to do that later in the program. This program is all about books, with emphasis on those available from the North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services. The library has more than 86,000 titles in its collection. Books and magazines are available in large print, braille, and talking books as well. The library also has more than 11,000 patrons across the state. If you're not a patron but are interested in becoming one, I'll have more information at the end of this program. To kick off the new year, 2023, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to take a look at the top 10 most popular books checked out during the year of 2022 from the North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services. And we're going to begin with one that was the most popular during the year. It's called Razzmatazz, and it's by Christopher Moore. And uh, this particular book was checked out 1,276 times during 2022. And uh, that is, uh, I don't know if that's a record, but it's a lot of times for one book to be checked out for sure. Repeat New York Times bestselling author Christopher Moore returns to the mean streets of San Francisco in this outrageous follow-up to his madcap novel, Noir. San Francisco, 1947. Bartender Sammy Two-Toes Tiffin and the rest of the cookie coffee irregulars, a ragtag bunch of working mugs last seen in Noir, are in a hustle. They're trying to open a driving school, Shanghai an abusive Swedish stevedore, get Mabel, the local madam, and her girls to a Christmas party at the state hospital without alerting the overzealous head of the SFPD vice squad, all while Sammy's girlfriend Stilton, a.k.a. the Cheese, and her Wendy the Welder gal pals are using their wartime shipbuilding skills on a secret project that might be attracting the attention of some government men in black. And, oh yes, someone is murdering the city's drag kings, and club owner Jimmy Vasco is sure she's next on the list and wants Sammy to find the killer. Meanwhile, Eddie Mushu's shoe has been summoned by his Uncle Ho to help save his opium den, from Squid Kid Tang, a vicious gangster who is determined to retrieve a priceless relic, an ancient statue of the powerful rain dragon that Ho stole from one of the fighting tongs 40 years earlier. And if Eddie blows it, he just might call down the wrath of that powerful, magical creature on all of Fog City. Strap yourselves in for a bit of the old razzmatazz, ladies and gentlemen. It's Christopher Moore time. 
Once again, that was the most popular book in 2022, and it was called Razzmatazz by Christopher Moore. Now, the second most popular book during 2022 was called The Paris Apartment. It was by Lucy Foley. This book was checked out 1,154 times in 2022. I'll only mention the number of times that they were checked out just because they're such large numbers for the first couple, but I think it's sort of interesting. Let you know how, how popular this book was, The Paris Apartment, from the New York Times best-selling author of the guest list comes a new locked room mystery set in a Paris apartment building in which every resident has something to hide. Jess needs a fresh start. She's broke and alone, and she's just left her job under less than ideal circumstances. Her half-brother Ben didn't sound thrilled when she asked if she could crash with him for a bit, But he didn't say no, and surely everything will look better from Paris. Only when she shows up to find a very nice apartment, could Ben really have afforded this? He's not there. The longer Ben stays missing, the more Jess starts to dig into her brother's situation, and the more questions she has. Ben's neighbors are an eclectic bunch and not particularly friendly. Jess may have come to Paris to escape her past, but it's starting to look like it's Ben's future that's in question. The socialite, the nice guy, the alcoholic, the girl on the verge, the concierge. Everyone's a neighbor. Everyone's a suspect, and everyone knows something they're not telling. Once again, that was the second most popular book last year, and it's called The Paris Apartment, written by Lucy Foley. And those first two books that we talked about are the most popular books at the North Carolina Library for Accessible Books and Services there. Uh, All of the rest of the books on this particular program were checked out uh, more than 860 times during the course of the year, so I won't go back and continue to repeat that number each time. But uh, these were definitely the most popular books in 2022. The next one I'd like to talk about right now is called The Maid, and it's a novel by Rita Prose. One of the 10 best books of the year, according to Reader's Digest, and by the way, is in development as a major motion picture produced by and starring Florence Pugh. So that's something to look out for as well. Here's the plot. Molly Gray is not like everyone else. She struggles with social skills and misreads the intentions of others. Her gran used to interpret the world for her, codifying it into simple rules that Molly could live by. Since gran died a few months ago, 25-year-old Molly has been navigating life's complexities all by herself. 
No matter, she throws herself with gusto into her work as a hotel maid. Her unique character, along with her obsessive love of cleaning and proper etiquette, make her an ideal fit for the job. She delights in donning her crisp uniform each morning, stocking her card with miniature soaps and bottles, and returning guest rooms at the Regency Grand Hotel to a state of perfection. But Molly's orderly life is upended the day she enters the suite of the infamous and wealthy Charles Black, only to find it in a state of disarray and Mr. Black himself dead in his bed. Before she knows what's happening, Molly's unusual demeanor has the police targeting her as their lead suspect. She quickly finds herself caught in a web of deception, one she has no idea how to untangle. Fortunately for Molly, friends she never knew she had unite with her in a search for clues to what really happened to Mr. Black. But will they be able to find the real killer before it's too late? A clue-like locked room mystery and a heartwarming journey of the spirit, the maid explores what it means to be the same as everyone else, and yet entirely different. And it reveals that all mysteries can be solved through connection to the human heart. Once again, that book was called The Maid, and it's a novel by Rita Prose. This next author I'm going to talk about is always on the top 10 or top 100 lists uh, at any point in time. And so there's no surprise that he was one of the most popular books this past year. And it's called The Two Sisters Detective Agency by, of course, James Patterson. From the world's number one best-selling author comes a thrilling novel where a detective duo of sisters finds themselves in the crosshairs of a dangerous and lawless group. Here's the plot. Attorney Rhonda Byrd returns home after a long estrangement when she learns her father has died, and there she makes two important discoveries. Her father stopped being an accountant and had opened up a private detective agency, and she has a teenage half-sister named Baby. Well, Baby brings in a client to the detective agency, a young man who claims he was abducted. And during the course of the investigation, Rhonda and Baby become entangled in a dangerous case involving a group of overprivileged young adults who break laws for fun. Their psychopath ringleader and an ex-assassin victim who decides to hunt them down for revenge. It sounds like a great mystery. Another one from James Patterson. It's called Two Sisters Detective Agency. Now let's take a look at a book called The Heart of Splendid Lake by Amy Clipston. Brianna has been helping her father realize his dream of running an idyllic lakeside resort. But when he passes, she must fend off the constant flow of real estate brokers wanting to snatch up their prime acreage, including mogul Scott Gibson. 
Will the pair discover the treasure worth fighting for is love? Well, Brianna is the youngest of the three Porter sisters and the only one who chose to stay in the small town of Splendid Lake, North Carolina. She followed in her father's footsteps and became an expert boat mechanic, helping him run their small resort with cabin rentals, a convenience store, and a marina. When Brianna's father unexpectedly dies, Brianna is steeped in grief and guilt and left alone to clean up the mess. To make matters worse, a constant stream of real estate brokers begin marching through her property, pressuring her to sell off the family land. In particular, she keeps running into handsome real estate mogul Scott Gibson. As Brianna struggles to keep it all together, Scott finds his way into her heart, and as the two fight against their feelings, they just might find themselves forging a surprising and exciting new love at Splendid Lake. Best-selling author Amy Clipston transports readers to a picturesque lakeside town in this heartwarming contemporary romance. Once again, it's called The Heart of Splendid Lake by author Amy Clipston. And you're listening to Heard Any Good Books Lately, an exclusive production of the North Carolina Reading Service. I'm George Douglas. Thanks so much for joining me today. And uh, we're taking a look at the top books from 2022 at the State Library for Accessible Books and Library Services. Thanks for tuning in today. Right now, we're going to take a look at a book called The Seeds of Change, Leah's Garden, book number one by Lorraine Snelling. Larkspur Nielsen is ready for a change. Her parents have passed on, and her older brother is successfully running the family business. She bristles at the small-mindedness that permeates life in her small Ohio community, and she sees little chance of a satisfying future there. She has a little money saved, and after turning the tables on a crooked gambler who had fleeced several locals, including her younger brother, she can stake a new start for herself and her three sisters. As the gambler's threats of revenge echo in her ears, she and her sisters head to Independence, Missouri, to join a wagon train bound for Oregon. Knowing that four women traveling together will draw unwanted attention, Larkspur dons a disguise, passing herself off as Clark Nielsen, accompanying his three sisters. But maintaining the ruse is more difficult than Larkspur imagined as is protecting her headstrong, starry-eyed sisters from difficult circumstances and eligible young men. Will reaching their goal prove too much for them? Once again, the book is called The Seeds of Change, Leah's Garden, Book One, by Lorraine Snelling. Now here's another very popular book this past year. It's called Love's First Bloom, and it's by Delia Parr. Here's the plot for this one. Ruth Livingstone's life changes drastically the day her father puts a young child in her arms and sends her to a small village in New Jersey under an assumed name. There, Ruth pretends to be a widow and quietly secludes herself until her father is acquitted of a crime. 
But with the emergence of the penny press, the imagination of the reading public is stirred, and her father's trial stands center stage. Asher Tripp is the brash newspaper man who determines that this case is the event he can use to redeem himself as a journalist. Ruth finds solace tending a garden along the banks of the Toms River, a place where she can find a measure of peace in the midst of the sorrow that continues to build. It is also here that Asher Tripp finds a temporary residence, all in an attempt to discover if the lovely creature known as Widow Molly is truly Ruth Livingstone, the woman every newspaper has been looking for. Love begins to slowly bloom, but is the affection they share strong enough to withstand the secrets that separate them? Once again, the book is called Love First Bloom, and it's by Delia Parr. Mysterious events plague a greenhouse in Pennsylvania's Amish country. Here's a book by Wanda E. Brunstetter that was very popular this past year. It's called The Crow's Call. When Vernon King, his son and son-in-law, are involved in a terrible accident, three women are left to cope with their deaths as they become the sole providers of the family they have left. The women's only income must come from the family greenhouse, but someone seems to be trying to force them out of business. Amy King has just lost her father and brother, and her mother needs her to help run the family's greenhouse. It doesn't seem fair to ask her to leave a job she loves when there is still a sister and brother to help. But Sylvia is also grieving for her husband while left to raise three children, and Henry, just out of school, is saddled with all the jobs his father and older brother used to do. As Amy assumes her new role, she also asks Jared Reel to put their courtship on hold. When things become even more stressful at the greenhouse, will Amy crumble under the pressure? You'll have to read or listen to this book to find out. It's called The Crow's Call, and it's by author Wanda E. Brunstetter. Now here's a book that was a USA Today bestseller in 2022. It's called Hurricane Season, and it's by Lauren K. Denton. Now, Hurricane Season is the story of sisterhood, motherhood, and an unconventional journey to healing and the relationships that must be mended along the way. Betsy and Ty Franklin, owners of Franklin Dairy Farm in southern Alabama, have long since buried their desire for children of their own. While Ty manages their herd of dairy cows, Betsy busies herself with the farm's day-to-day operations and tries to forget her dream of motherhood. But when her free-spirited sister, Jenna, drops off her two young daughters for just two weeks, Betsy's carefully constructed wall of self-protection begins to crumble. As the two weeks stretch deeper into the Alabama summer, Betsy and Ty learn to navigate the new additions in their world and revel in the laughter that now fills their home. Meanwhile, record temperatures promise to usher in the most active hurricane season in decades. 
Attending an art retreat 400 miles away, Jenna is fighting her own battles. She finally has time and energy to focus on her photography, a lifelong ambition. But she wonders how her rediscovered passion can fit in with the life she's made back home as a single mom. But when Hurricane Ingrid aims a steady eye at the Alabama coast, Jenna must make a decision that will change her family's future, even as Betsy and Ty try to protect their beloved farm and their hearts. Sounds like a pretty exciting novel. It's called Hurricane Season, and it's by Lauren K. Denton. Now here's a book entitled simply The Club, a novel by Ellery Lloyd. Are you ready for the roller coaster ride that is The Club? A beautifully written, densely plotted murder mystery that takes place at a private club off the coast of England. You'll read about a luxurious, celeb-only island during a weekend of partying and ultimately murder. That, by the way, is from a review that was written by Reese Witherspoon. From the author of People Like Her comes a smart and sinister murder mystery set in the secretive world of exclusive celebrity clubs. Everyone's dying to join. The home group is a glamorous collection of celebrity members' clubs dotted across the globe where the rich and famous can party hard and then crash out in its five-star suites, far from the prying eyes of fans and media. The most spectacular of all is Island Home, a closely guarded, ultra-luxurious resort just off the English coast, and its three-day launch party is easily the most coveted A-list invite of the decade. But behind the scenes, tensions are at a breaking point. The ambitious and expensive project has pushed the home group CEO and his long-suffering team to their absolute limits. All of them have something to hide, and that's before the beautiful people with their own ugly secrets even set foot on the island. As tempers fray and behavior worsens, as things get more sinister by the hour and the body count piles up, some of Island Home's members will begin to wish they'd never made the guest list. Because at this club, if your name's on the list, you're not getting out. Sounds like quite an adventure. It's called The Club, and it's a novel by Ellery Lloyd. Now here's another popular book from 2022. This one is called The Secrets They Left Behind, and it's by Lisa Marie Redmond. A buffalo cop who's gone undercover for the FBI finds herself in a world of hurt. Shay O'Connor is 23 but looks 18. That's why the FBI used her to pose as a high school student to catch a serial killer, a case that left her scarred both physically and emotionally. The case is still under a gag order, and Shay is back on boring patrol duty when FBI agent Bill Waters asks her to work another case for him. Three freshman college friends all went missing the same night in the little town of Kelly's Falls, New York. 
Against her better judgment, Shay accepts and is set up as Shay Anderson, a transfer to Harris Community College, whose parents were killed in a car accident and whose uncle is the town police chief, Roy Bishop. Since her fake uncle is youngish, unmarried, and unhappy, she's interfering in his case. She puts up in a boarding house. Emma Lansing and Olivia Stansfield, two of the missing girls, came from a nice area. The wilder Schuyler Santana lived in a trailer park with her alcoholic mother while her drug-dealing boyfriend, Joe Stiles, worked on a GED at Harris. Shay immediately becomes friends with the missing girls, Buds, Kayla, Jenna, and Maddie. She fends off passes from Joe while recognizes his bad boy appeal to young girls. Shay has no trouble fitting in and easily gains her new friend's confidence. But she still suspects that they're hiding information that could be the key to breaking the case. Even worse, she and Nick Stansfield, the brother who refuses to go back to RIT until Olivia's found, fall for each other, and she hates herself for deceiving him. Redmond, who also wrote A Means to an End in 2019, shows tensions mounting as Shay struggles for answers along with a town united in its resolve to find the missing girls. A page-turner whose puzzling mystery and psychological drama are rooted in plausible descriptions of teenage angst. Once again, that book was called The Secrets They Left Behind, and it was by Lisa Marie Redmond. Now let's take a look at a non-fiction book from this past year. It's one entitled Lincoln and the Fight for Peace by John P. Avion. A groundbreaking, revelatory history of Abraham Lincoln's plan to secure a just and lasting peace after the Civil War. A vision that inspired future presidents as well as the world's most famous peacemakers, including Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, and Martin Luther King, Jr. It is a story of war and peace, race and reconciliation. As the tide of the Civil War turned in the spring of 1865, Abraham Lincoln took a dangerous two-week trip to visit the troops on the front lines, accompanied by his young son, seeing combat up close, meeting liberated slaves in the ruins of Richmond, and comforting wounded Union and Confederate soldiers. The power of Lincoln's personal example in the closing days of the war offers a portrait of a peacemaker. He did not demonize people he disagreed with. He used humor, logic, and scripture to depolarize bitter debates. Balancing moral courage with moderation, Lincoln believed that decency could be the most practical form of politics, but he understood that people were more inclined to listen to reason when greeted from a position of strength. Ulysses S. Grant's famously generous terms of surrender to General Robert E. Lee at Appomattox that April were a direct expression of the president's belief that a soft peace should follow a hard war. 
While his assassination sent the country careening off course, Lincoln's vision would be vindicated long after his death, inspiring future generations in their own quest to secure a just and lasting peace. As U.S. General Lucius Clay, architect of the post-WW2 German occupation, said when asked what guided his decisions, I tried to think of the kind of occupation of the South that would have had, the South would have had, if Abraham Lincoln had lived. Lincoln and the Fight for Peace reveals how Lincoln's character informed his commitment to unconditional surrender, followed by a magnanimous peace. Even during the Civil War, surrounded by reactionaries and radicals, he refused to back down from his belief that there is more that unites us than divides us. But he also understood that peace needs to be waged with as much intensity as war. Lincoln's plan to win the peace is his unfinished symphony, but in its existing notes we can find an anthem that can begin to bridge our divisions today. And that's all the time we have for this month's edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately. I'm George Douglas. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like more information about how to become a patron of the North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services, simply Google or search Accessible Books North Carolina Library. You can also use those same numbers and website to join the Friends of North Carolina Accessible Books and Library Services. It is that wonderful organization that sponsors this monthly feature on books. This program is intended for people who are blind or print impaired. Heard any good books lately will be available right after the broadcast at our website, ncreadingservice.org. So long until next time. (laughs) 